Hello and welcome to the Simone Intuitive Podcast, where we dive deep into spiritual wellness and intuitive development. I am your host, Simone, and I have worked as a professional psychic medium, Reiki master, and spiritual life coach for over 13 years. You can find me at www.simoneintuitive.com on my Etsy store, Simone Intuitive, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I hope you all are having a fantastic week. Happy Mercury retrograde. I actually went to a local metaphysical store today and I was just shopping around and I saw this Mercury retrograde candle and I bought it and it's supposed to help diffuse the impact and effects of mercury retrograde so I'm hoping it works I am usually not super impacted by mercury retrogrades but I always seem to have little things that happen so that might be a future topic how to survive mercury retrogrades and I will keep y'all updated on this candle and how it works So I wanted to continue on to part two of owning and operating a spiritual business. And this next part is absolutely paramount and key for me and I think will provide a strong foundation for your business if you're somebody who wants to do readings. So this is acting ethically within your business. I'm a huge advocate for ethics. I double majored in religion and philosophy with my bachelor's degree and the philosophy part was in the discipline of ethics. So I could talk about Kant, deontology, consequentialism. I could talk about that all day, but I won't. (laughs) I will talk about ethics as it relates to owning and operating a spiritual, psychic, energy healing, whatever type of business you choose, a general framework and some do's and don't do's. So many industries have a code of ethics that they adhere to. So we all know that, you know, there's a big code of ethics with like psychiatrists, psychology, medical disciplines and things like that. And the psychic industry doesn't have a code of ethics per se, but I will say that people who do this work tend to have a desire to be ethical. So it's like this interesting dichotomy of there is, but there really isn't because there is no governing body that regulates us. Uh, There's nothing formal. There isn't a grievance process if anything goes wrong. You know, there's none of that. But I will say in my experience, people have a desire to do good and be good and do no harm to others. So I think there is an unspoken code of ethics, but I think the industry really needs to work on something. (laughs) I don't know what that would be, but something so that there is a code of ethics that anyone can access and add, update, edit, make their own, anything like that. Because I think having a solid ethical framework is key for success in any business, not just spiritual businesses, but any businesses. So it's important for you to regulate yourself ethically with this. And why is this important? And, you know, some might think this may be obvious, but it also may not be obvious. So if you adopt a code of ethics, you as a business owner, that means you're committing to a philosophy that you take your business seriously. 
that you're going to conduct it in a serious manner by upholding the highest level of ideals and professionalism in your area of expertise. And so this builds that framework for you to promote your reputation and your productivity. And this impacts the bottom line of your business. So I think there's spiritual fulfillment in adopting a code of ethics in this industry. But I also think there is a financial element too that your reputation in this industry means everything. And so by adopting a code of ethics, that means you take yourself seriously. You take the work that you do seriously and that you strive to uphold the highest level of service and commitment that you can. So here are some ways to do this. Number one, make sure you're grounded. This can be really hard. I've, I've seen many psychics not do this. You have to be able to see where you are at in your own life, be it emotional, mental, personal, professional, and make sure you're always in the right frame of mind to do readings. If you follow me on Etsy, you know I frequently close my store. That's just the reality. You know that I will be open for a week, two weeks, and then I'll be closed for like a week. That's because I know I'm busy. I'm stretched thin. My day job is keeping me very busy. And that means I'm not in the best place to do my best when it comes to readings. And I'm really good about recognizing that in myself. I had to develop that, but that is absolutely key. You have to honor yourself and you also have to honor that an individual is paying you for a service and you have to be your best self when you do that service. Part of this also means that you are committing to a lifetime of spiritual growth to minimize any of your own personal unfulfilled emotions, desires. This means you have to be able to look at yourself for what you are know what you need, know where you're at, and be able to respond accordingly. Part of this is also knowing that you will have to continue to cultivate knowledge and your understanding of psychic awareness and what it means by furthering your education with it. So I am a huge proponent of education and I will take workshops that might be as simple as how to listen to your intuition. I've been doing this work for 13 years. I know how to listen to my intuition, but I think it never hurts to go back to basics. You might learn something new. You might learn a new technique. You might be able to teach this technique to other people. So I think it's key to further your education with this and just learn everything you can. And also know your limitations. For example, I'm really bad at tarot cards. I don't know what they mean. I love tarot cards. I love them. I think they're so cool. I struggle to retain what what they mean. So sometimes it'll come up in a reading if somebody asks me like, oh, do you use cards? You know, no, I just, you know, I use me. You know, that's it. Or they'll mention something like a client will say, well, you know, I did my own reading on this with a tarot card and I pulled this card. What does that mean? I'm like, oof, yikes, wow. I'm not the person to ask about that. So it helps to know and build community within your own line of work to know who to refer them to. So I know some people who are amazing tarot readers. And if I have a client that is into tarot, has questions about that, I will say, you know what? 
let me connect you with my friend and colleague who I know is a fabulous tarot reader, has been doing it for 25 years, knows everything, you know, front, back, sideways, because I don't. I think people really value transparency and you can be transparent that I'm sorry, this isn't my in my wheelhouse, but I can refer you to somebody that can do this. And same goes for me if people have questions around astrology. I'm I love learning astrology, but again, I struggle to retain it. It's a lot of information. So be transparent about your limitations and just know that you have to cultivate the knowledge and that you're committing to this lifetime path of this growth where you have to always examine yourself and where you're at. So being able to see where you're at and when you are able to do readings and when you are not able to do readings is key. And I think that's a good foundation to kind of start thinking about your business in that ethical lens. Next, develop your own code of ethics. One of my own goals within the ethical framework of my business is to enhance the psychic industry and work towards removing negative stereotypes by being humble, transparent, honest, confidential, and non-discriminatory. That's one of my goals. Friends, there are a lot of negative outlooks of psychics out there. And it's interesting because I sometimes lose that because I'm so immersed in this community and this industry that from my perspective, it's that people really celebrate psychics. People celebrate healers. People celebrate astrologers. Our society has shifted into a focus where these things are meaningful to us now and we celebrate them. But then sometimes I'm just cruising on social media and I'll see people make really horrible comments about how psychics are all scammers and this and that and how they've been hurt by a psychic and whatnot. So one of my goals is just to enhance the psychic industry and work towards breaking down those stereotypes. And the way I'm going to do that is through transparency, honesty, being confidential, humble, so you need to develop your own code of ethics. So for me, being transparent is absolutely key. Transparent about my limitations, transparent about what I do, what I do not do, and when I'm able to do it, being honest, confidential, and non-discriminatory. Another do, please be transparent about the cost of your service. Don't do any hidden fees. Don't dangle a carrot. I have seen lots of situations where a reading was going well and then it got to the end and all of a sudden the person is like, wow, that's really expensive because the psychic did not tell them up front that their reading costs $10 a minute. Always be transparent about what your costs are. For example, when I was doing psychic fairs, have not done one since COVID, I had like a little menu. I have a, you know, plastic display thing has, you know, my menu in there that this is what 15 minutes with me costs. This is what this costs. This is what that costs. Just be transparent. People appreciate the transparency because I want people to walk away from a reading feeling empowered and feeling good. And part of that is being transparent about the cost of the service. So please be transparent. Please be reasonable about the cost. Don't do any hidden fees. <laughs> Don't offer any curse removals. That's part of that negative psychic stereotype. Just, just no. Just no on that. 
but just be transparent about the cost and be confident with it too. Another key thing about having in your code of ethics is keeping readings confidential. I tend to delete readings as soon as I do them. If I do them on my phone or through email, I tend to do, I tend to delete them for the client's sake. It does come back sometimes because a client will say, oh, you said something about this and I can't find the reading. Do you still have a copy of it? For me, the answer is no. I do not have a copy of it, unfortunately. That's only happened a couple times where I'm like, shoot, I wish I did have a copy of it because that was valuable information for this client. But I don't retain copies, and part of that is confidentiality. Keeping readings confidential, sometimes I will share uh, stories, narratives, examples of readings, but I would never use the person's name or any identifying information. And that's up to you to discern what's appropriate. I think it is appropriate for someone to share, you know, if you're speaking with another colleague, like, oh, I had a client who had this going on, um, but I felt this. And yeah, you know, you can talk about it in passing. I think that's appropriate as long as you don't use any identifying information. Um, Because there have been instances where colleagues and I have read the same client and have come up with different things and we're just kind of like, Oh yeah, what's that about? Like, did did this come up for you? Okay, interesting. Just to see what wavelength we are all on. But keep readings confidential. Um, delete them. <laughs> Don't mention the person's name, anything like that. Again, I think it's appropriate in some situations to talk about some readings or situations in passing. But please don't use any identifying information. We don't say, you know, Simone from Seattle, Washington did this or said this and this is what she asked about in her reading. Nope, we're not going to do that. But if you want to say, I had a client who asked about this and I wasn't sure how to answer it, I think that's appropriate. Another thing to consider when building your ethical framework, and this kind of ties into negative psychic stereotypes, Don't claim accuracy and don't claim a percentage of accuracy. It cracks me up when I'm just doing a little market research and I'm cruising around the internet looking at psychics and I see 90% accurate. It just makes me shake my head. There's no way to measure or quantify intuition or accuracy with predictions. We are all on a higher power's time, be it God or whatever you believe in. We all have free will. There's no way to predict accuracy. That's the bottom line. If a client leaves you a review and says, this person was very accurate, that's great, fabulous. I'm glad that prediction worked out for that client. But the reality is you won't always be accurate. You, your predictions won't always be on point. And that's just a reality we have to accept. We're human. We're not meant to know everything as much as we all want to. We're not meant to know everything. And the universe is going to work on its own time. Things are going to unfold as they're going to unfold. And I think we need to all highlight that if we have you know, a statement about ourselves or the way we do readings is that You know, we're all on free will. We're not on any timelines. 
so highlighting that, don't claim a percentage of accuracy and don't claim to be accurate because I think clients can put their eggs in that basket. I know I would and then be really disappointed. And I would hate for anyone to walk away from a reading feeling that they didn't get something that was of value to them. Another thing to consider is to have some sort of advice or statement that you're not a licensed therapist, psychiatrist, or a medical doctor, and you're not going to provide a diagnosis or psychological counseling. I know sometimes in readings it can feel like you're speaking to a therapist, or it can feel like that, but please note, I would say most people in this industry are not licensed. Some are. Um, I know Doreen Virtue, for example, has a doctoral degree in psychology. So there are some people that are licensed, but they will make sure that you know that. That will be in any of their marketing materials. They will, you know, wear their degrees loud and proud, as they should, of what they are licensed in. So because I am not, for example... I advise that I'm not a licensed therapist, lawyer, psychiatrist, doctor. I'm not providing a diagnosis or psychological counseling or anything like that. I think highlighting that is absolutely paramount as well, just so there's an understanding of what you do and what you don't do. Another key principle to consider is consent. This one can get sticky, We have TV shows um, where we've seen psychics or mediums kind of roll up to somebody in the grocery store and just say, hey, you know, this came into my mind. And that's great. It's not my thing. For me, I will only do a reading for someone if they ask for it. I will not read someone without their consent. And this can get sticky because normally the rule of thumb is 18 and over, right? That's the rule of thumb. If um, I've had readings where a parent has brought their high school age child and shared, will you do a reading for my child? And I'm like, as long as you both consent and like you both are comfortable, yes, but it requires that consent and that comfort for you both. Because I don't know, maybe the child is asking for it or maybe the child doesn't want it, you know? So as long as you can get everyone's consent, that's key. Another thing to do is to do what the client asks. This can be a challenge. Our gifts manifest in so many different ways, but I have seen a lot of instances where a client says, I'd like to talk about this relationship in my life. Here's the details on that. And the psychic or the healer swerves and says, oh, great. Yeah, let's actually talk about your solar plexus chakra because it's really not spinning very well. Let's, let's fix that. And I love that they want to do that, but that's not what the client asked for. So please keep in mind what your client asks for. And you can always share details about yourself. If energy healing is your thing, you can share. We will, you know, we'll do a reading. We'll go through what you want to go through. But first, I like to connect to your energy. And first, I like to do a little energy cleansing. Then we can talk about what you would like to talk about. You can, of course, put parameters around what you do, but always, always, always honor the client's request in speaking what they would like to speak about. If random things come up, feel free to share them. 
if you've had a reading with me, you know that's kind of my style. Sometimes I see random things and I'll just throw it out there. Does this mean anything to you? I just got this weird image of, you know, insert whatever. Or does this name mean anything to you? You know, just throw it out there, of course. But always stay on track to what the client asks for because that's what they're seeking. Next, this should be, I think, <laughs> obvious. But again, a fan of going back to basics is being non-discriminatory and yes again it feels like this should be kind of a you know common sense one but being non-discriminatory and that includes you know disability status age um sex gender identification um any any identity any identity race any identity that is out there being non-discriminatory I think that's all I need to say about that. <laughs> you know, it's to me it's an obvious one, but I've I've seen some I've seen some stuff. I've I've seen some things said during psychic fairs. Most of the content of what not to do is just things I've witnessed from psychic fairs where people will, you know, assume because of someone's race they have a certain uh religious or spiritual affiliation and they'll, you know, the reader will try to speak to that and I think that's um, harmful because it's based on a lot of assumptions. So it's not that the reader uh, was purposely discriminatory. It's just that they made assumptions about a person based on what they saw in front of them. And I think it's best to avoid things like that. So <laughs> again, feels like that should be um, really intuitive, but I have seen some things where I'm just like, oh goodness, that, that wasn't uh, the best moment, but we can do better next time. And finally, this is another one that might seem like a, well, okay, Simone, obviously, but I've seen it not happen at the same time. It's being nice and being humble and being kind. I've seen psychics at psychic fairs where if they felt like the reading wasn't being received well or if the client had, um, I would say, more challenging energy, the client would become a little bit more snippy and direct, and then the psychic would become a little bit more snippy and direct. That'll happen. The reality with doing psychic readings is that we're seeing people in a really, really vulnerable place. People are sharing really, really deep, vulnerable information with us. Deep, vulnerable fears, wishes, desires, hopes, that's not comfortable. I'm honestly in awe of anyone who gets a reading because it takes a lot of strength and bravery to put those vulnerabilities in the hands of someone you basically don't know. And so what we have an ethical responsibility to do is to be humble and be kind to the client no matter what. If the reading is a reading where it's a little bit more oriented around bad news bears. We have to really uplift that we are saying this with love and transparency and care and that we will hold this person's hand while delivering bad news bears. Although I rarely have readings where there are bad news bears, but you know, there's positives and negatives to everything. So it just, it is what it is. But I have seen psychics their attitudes shift um, if they feel like the client doesn't like the reading. And that's another reality we have to accept is, you know, we're not going to connect with every single person. 
every reading we do is not going to be, you know, knocked out of the ballpark. There's some people that we're just not going to connect well with us. And, you know, they may walk away thinking, meh, that was okay, or meh, they didn't really connect with me that well. And that's okay. It happens. It happens. It happens to all of us. There are some amazing psychics out there that I've had readings with that I'm like, yeah, you know, it was okay. I don't think they connected with me very well. And I've had psychics that were not very well known that I'm like, wow, that was really good. So you just never know. You take that risk as a client and as a psychic <laughs> every day that you just have to acknowledge that you're not going to, every reading you do, it's not going to be, you know, knocked out of the ballpark. It's not going to be, it's not always going to be your best. As long as you try and you do it all with an ethical, open heart and you're humble and transparent and kind about it, I think that matters. And that's why this all circles back to having a strong ethical foundation about who you are, what you're about, and what the intent of your readings are. I could talk all day about this and I feel like I have <laughs> I have more to say but this is kind of like the broad overview of like how to develop an ethical framework or at least think about your business in an ethical lens but I definitely want to go through some like with my bachelor's program being focused on ethics we did a lot of work around case studies so here's a case how do you solve this ethical issue and so i would love to do something like that with this where it's like here's this case you know here's how we can solve this ethical issue because this is the broad framework and now we need to focus in on some more issues because i do get questions around you know when or if do I do a refund or what if this happens what if that happens and these are questions that come from people who want to be readers but they're fearful of these situations happening and I get it but those situations will happen <laughs> so I would love to put um, some case study work into your toolboxes so you have some tools to work with when these situations arrive, not if, but when, because they will, of how to solve these issues ethically and being transparent and honoring yourself and your client. So I will think of some cases that have happened, um, things I've witnessed or experienced myself or ask some colleagues about some ethical things they've been faced with and we can work through them together and solve them and have a little bit more of a springboard into that what if you know this happens what if that happens but again this is kind of like an every other week series so next week will be a different topic and then the week following i would be happy to uh, introduce those case studies and kind of work through solving those ethical issues because i think it's really important in this industry all right, folks, thank you so much for spending some of your time with me. I hope you all have a lovely and restful Memorial Day weekend, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Take care. Goodbye.